Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster Than a Stand-Up. I'm Brent Lamont. Joining me, friends of the pod both, you've seen them, you've heard them, you know them well, Justin Chrysostomo, Sunny Sanghai, out of the SAP, ISBN, Enablement Operations, Agile Operations team. Gentlemen, how are you? Hello. Doing hey, well, Brent. how are you? You know, it's it's a day. It's all good. So today's conversation, as part of our fundamental series, we're still speaking on Scrum. And today's topic is something that some people would say is an event, some people would not. So it's called Sprint Refinement. And if you look on the documentation on most places, it'll say it's not an event. Justin, why is it not or why is it an event? Uh, it's not an event, but it is essential. And it's because I, if you look at the events in the Scrum Guide, they're very prescriptive, right? This long, uh, if you run this long of a sprint and it scales and et cetera, et cetera, and these are the things that need to happen and everything like that. Ref backlog refinement is really just the understanding that the team shares with the product owner about their backlog and the whys behind it, um, as well as kind of the future of the work that they're going to need to perform, right? However you get that, whether it be an event that happens a certain way, whether it be daily conversations uh, or an inclusion into the building of that backlog, that's the, it's the result that matters. And so I don't, it is not an event because it's not prescribed, uh, but it is essential because the outcomes that come from refinement are crucial to a team's success. Hey, sunny event or not an event? No, I agree with Justin. It's not an event. It's something that happens in the background and should naturally occur throughout the sprint time box. Um, teams that don't do it potentially, you're pretty much like kind of stopping the engine. And I think of backlog refinement pretty much is like kind of like the engine oil, right? To keep the backlog refined and pushing it into future sprints. Um, it's kind of the, like maybe the cogs, maybe that's probably a better analogy um, of um, the, the whole sprint and scrum. So, I'll take I'll take the opposite view. I would say it is an event of well-formed teams. See what I did there? Teams that actually do sprint refinement and do a cadence. I actually like to have a team that does it on cadence because everybody knows on day X of a sprint, you're going to actually do a little refinement for the next sprint. And what I get out of that is a team that walks into sprint planning and has it well-formed and has it well-prepared. And you actually don't have to ask a lot of questions of the product owner, unless the product owner throws a wrench in the system. And a team that actually does sprint refinement, that they are more in sync more often. And you find things like, if you're trying to do story pointing for something, a team has a better understanding as to what size a story is when you actually do the refinement and you do the estimation. I think a team that spends a little more time here actually spends a little less time in actual sprint planning because they've already done a lot of the prep work. So it just depends on where you're going to 
load that time? Are you loading that time on the the actual event that's pre-described as part of the Scrum Guide, or are you loading that time in a not prescribed by the Scrum Guide, but really a best practice? So that's why I call it an event. I, I think there's there's a there is some aspect of semantics to that, right? Um, where and you mentioned this is something great because you mentioned in well-formed teams, um, which goes back to our <clears throat> is the team broken or is it just really good? Uh, conversation right. we had in a past episode, yep. where in, I don't think this is this works for every team. I don't actually think it was the best thing this team could have done. But I witnessed a team once that um, they essentially did refinement every day. They did a daily refinement, but they didn't call it refinement, and they didn't know it sure. was refinement. But what they did was they had an hour scheduled for their standup every morning, and they used 15 minutes for standup and the rest for this parking lot and you voted with your feet and you could leave at any time after the 15 minute standup, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the things they always addressed in the, in the parking lot was anything new from the product owner. And the product owner took that to mean, oh, here's a new story that's come in. We should estimate it, ask me questions about it. And it happened daily. So sometimes there was nothing and sometimes there was a couple, but there was never like seven, right? Um, and so it worked in that time box. It worked for the team. The team was there. You know, you may, you may lose a couple of team members because they would have something more important to do or they vote with their feet, right? But it was a daily refinement. It wasn't a set cadence. It wasn't a thing where we all gathered for this thing. I think the team would have rebelled if I had suggested, hey, you should all gather once a week and do it in this part. They're like, no, we're already doing it. It already works for us. So... Again, I think it's, um, what is it? Outcomes versus output is my <laughs> the cliche that I like to use. Um, the output is, it, it can be done wherever. It's the outcomes that matter for the team. And that's, that's the great thing about it not being prescribed because it's up to the team on how they want Absolutely. to function on it. Yeah. Um, but what I'll say to that is that it, if I'm acting as their scrum master, my job is to maintain, manage, and come up with process that works for the team. If I have found that a team would be a little better served by a little more work as part of preparation prior to the sprint, then I own that and I get to say to a team, hey, let's try this thing. Now, to Justin's point, it could be that that specific team they already have a thing. I don't need to mess with it, right? I mean, and we've talked about this in multiple uh, multiple episodes where teams are actually doing something really well. I don't need to come in and upset the apple cart because we're not adhering to my plan. Let's meet the team where they're at. Let's uh, say it depends on what works best for you. Do that thing. I think for teams that are newly formed, I think for scrum masters who are new to the gig, uh, or scrum masters who are looking for a different way to approach a problem, I think all of these things are, are a venue and, and an, uh, an opportunity to help a team get better because that's what we're here for. I just think that um, you can't, you know, you can't be prescriptive to your point. You can't be inflexible because I think we've all run into teams that are like, look, this is the way we do it. We're not going to change. Okay, so you're telling me you ship everything every sprint. No, 
Okay, then we have room for improvement, right? Are your stakeholders happy? No. Well, then we have room for improvement, right? Th there are ways for us to say to product owners, to stakeholders, to team members, there's there's a place for us to make some changes. And, you know, having a non-event event is one place to do that. Interestingly, something that just came to my mind is, uh, and I've thought this in the past, but in the framework of this conversation, product owners don't get a lot of guidance in the Scrum game. Right? The team does. Um, there's a lot written about what an engineer should do. Uh, I'm sorry, a developer should do. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a lot written about what, you know, what the scrum master's role is and what a good scrum, the product owner is sort of just like be a product owner. Um, it's, it's assumed that you'll have some cadence, some uh, mechanism, some tool in your toolbox that's going to get you a user story as an example. Um, good product owners know what to do. New product owners are often lost. And so maybe refinement not being an event is an artifact of there just not being a lot of guidance for the product owner and not necessarily there not being a need for it to be an event. I will say it's also a, a good opportunity for us to think of as a future series, because I know I'm always trying to think of new series. It's the how to be a better product owner. Because there are product owners who there are scrum masters and coaches who think that they have the perfect product owner. Really? What's the perfect product owner? Okay. So table that one for, for another episode. Sonny, you have thoughts? Yeah, no, just very quickly wrapping up on the product owner role. I think it's a very underestimated role with some folks that get into it. Um, I don't think they actually understand what it entails, the type of skill sets and knowledge you need um, to actually do the role properly. I, yeah, I would say that it's the, uh, I think it's underappreciated. Yeah. And I think that they're the ones with the most pressure because as the voice of the customer, they're the ones who have to come up with all the goods. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to back to, you know, the subject of this refinement being huge is only one end of that pipe, right? It's the, the one that points to the team saying, hey, here's here's what it is, here's what it means, let's talk about it, and, and, and you then give me something that that I can, uh, you know, take as an estimate versus the other end of the pipe, right? How do you solicit that? What, what cadence does that happen, right? Customer engagement is a critical role of a product owner and it's, it's not prescribed anywhere. So, you know, refinement is necessary. It has to happen. That thing has to happen. Um, the form it comes in, I guess, is uh, it, it can be a little squishy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think have, have we, I think we've pretty much run at time for this topic because I think we're kind of gassing out and moving on to talking about product owners, which, Hey, guess what? That's a future episode. So, you know, stay attention, stay in touch with your podcast provider or uh, on our website. So we can talk about some more. Uh, that'll be the end of this iteration. Until then, I'm Brent. I'm Justin. I'm Sonny. Until the next iteration, you can give us a five, 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 five-star rating at your podcast provider. Reach out to us on mail at info at fasterthanstandup.com or you can find us on Twitter at Faster Stand Up. Thanks for listening. And that was Faster Than Stand Up.
the opinions on this podcast are solely those of the participants and not of their employers.